millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on itrwrestling.com wherever you get your podcast, Patreon, 24 hours out if you pledge to us. My name is Kenny and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin and Finn. We were just setting the world to rights before we got on the air so we could get it out of the way so people didn't need to hear us banging on. So they can hear us talk about wrestling instead. Exactly, that's what people are listening to this podcast for. They don't want to hear about all this other misery in the world. You know, There's the enough misery in pro wrestling to talk about. I'd say they want to hear about the misery in pro wrestling. So is it a miserable week for pro wrestling, Kenny? Tell me. Yeah, I mean, no, it's not It's not really been a miserable week. It's been a quiet week, I would say. That's probably what it's been, quiet week. Um, but I mean, I, I will hold my hands up. I've not had a chance to watch AEW Dynamite yet, so we'll probably need to talk about that and what's going down next week. But I, I did... I, I watched the, uh, the Soraya interview, which lots of people were saying, well, what happened? Yeah, so what you've fellas in, what happened in the Soraya interview for, for people who don't know? Well, well, she came out and, I mean, it was a decent response. Not as loud as the previous week, that's understandable, because that was the, you know, shock and awe factor last week, wasn't it? <laughs> so she she did seem a little bit, she admitted that she was nervous because she hadn't done a live promo for so long. Um, and, um, you know, she kind of took a little shot at WWE, which I don't think really doubt went down that well. What, what did um, she say? Well, she just said, well, now I'm here and I've got a boss who listens to me, you know, because she set up a lumberjack match. 
between, I think it was Serena Deeb and Tony Storm, I believe. Right. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I knew, I, I read that she'd taken a shot at WWE, but I didn't uh, get to see what the shot was. Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but it was like, well, you know, hold on a minute. Um, they took care of you for like yeah. four years. And you were very appreciative when you left. I mean, I know she's in AEW now, and maybe this sort of thing is expected. Be, be a Brian Danielson, don't be a Serena. Exactly. I just felt it was unnecessary, really. Um, she she said that Tony Storm had like been the best best women's champion in AEW, and people booed. Oh my <laughs> Tony, god! Tony Storm did not look pleased. She <laughs> did not look pleased at all. I mean, Tony Storm uh, is not known for her poker face. No. So you know. <laughs> Britt Baker came out and the villains came out and it was like some back and forth. And I mean, it went on for a long time. At one point, um, someone at ringside was telling Soraya to wind it up. And she like said, you know, don't give me time cues. It was a bit of an odd segment, really. Um, it just went on and on. I don't think it was as bad as some people have made it out to be, but it wasn't really a very good start for her. And it almost feels as well like she's going to be in charge of the women's division. That was the messaging I feel that she was transmitting. Um, she didn't, I mean, we don't know for sure yet whether she's going to wrestle in AEW. We think she's going to, but it almost seemed like she was in that role of being like general manager of the women's division. That almost seemed like how she was portraying herself. Um, maybe, you know, maybe the messaging was unclear. You know, maybe that's not the role she's going to play or maybe that's a role she's going to play for a while and then she'll wrestle. I, I'm not sure. Um, but it was it was a bit of a strange segment. Yeah. And um, I can understand why people are, um, people weren't blown away by it. She was She was out there for too long. And uh, it did drag on a bit. Uh, and then it led to this lumberjack match between Tony Storm and Serena Deeb, uh, which was okay from what I saw of it. But well, you, know well, what, you know what you're getting from Tony Storm, don't you, Kenny, at this point? Yeah, nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Um, well, no, look, we'll, we'll give uh, Dynamite some time on Tuesday for what's going down. So I do want to check out the Bandido-Jericho match and see if see if Bandido can get something good out of Jericho and um, and some other stuff. So we'll, we'll talk about some some other moments on Tuesday. But I did want to uh, bring his name up, Finn. I mean, I know how you feel, but I feel like it's just it's good to prod. Um, Goldberg was on the bump, uh, WB's uh, show yesterday says he has no matches left in his contract, but he does say that his days are not done yet. Oh, is it, yeah. Well, has anything changed, Finn? Is, 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 2020, is so much time in 2022 led to you clamouring for another Goldberg match? No, absolutely <laughs> not. And, like, you know, I was elated to read that there were no further matches on Goldberg's contract. I was aware of that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my heart sank when he suggested that that there may be something in his future in WWE. And I can't believe that Triple H, Paul Levesque, would sign him to another contract. I just don't think he would. I'm sure he realises that whatever value he had expired, I don't know, probably with the Drew McIntyre match. That was probably the last time he really did anything constructive for WWE, I would say. Was that... Was that this yeah. year's Royal Rumble or the year before? The year before, because it was still in the Thunderdome. 
Yes. Uh, so yeah, twenty twenty one. I mean, the thing is, they they could use them for the odd Saudi match and just do it as a as a you know pair pair appearance thing. You know, because they always need somebody for Saudi Arabia. They're always booking it for the Saudi prince who grew up on late nineties wrestling. So I think he could probably get a couple of Saudi matches out of it, but I don't think they're going to be pretty or exciting. No, all very long. Or very, or very long. Although, you know, I was very surprised at how long his Lashley matches were. You know, I I, I, I didn't, couldn't quite believe that he actually wrestled longer than, uh, than he used to. No, but, actually, to give, to be fair to Goldberg, yeah, the match with Lashley, um, you know, one with the spot where he speared him off the ramp, that was decent as well, wasn't it, actually? That was okay. It was, yeah. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he ends up... Um, We'll see if he ends up back again. Um, it's been a pretty quiet week, though, in wrestling, which I very rarely am I struggling to find news for us to talk about. Um, so, I, so I've got some some real stretches here at trying to find topics, Finn. So um, first one I wanted to talk to you about was um, Big Demo has won the Progress title this past weekend. And I wonder, do you think Demo, is he someone who you could see getting signed again for a company, like whether it's WWE or AEW or Impact DC? Big Demo is someone that one of the big companies would pick up, or do you think that indies are his future? Well, he did make an appearance for AEW, didn't he? And was jobbed out to, was that, I think, was it Sean Spears <laughs> in less than yeah. two minutes? I think that's yeah. right, isn't it? I'm not making that up, am I? No, no, yeah, no, you're right. I, I blocked it from my brain, but now you've brought it flooding back to me. Yeah, two minutes to Sean Spears. Yeah, I think it was actually less than two minutes, so that was quite extraordinary. Another <laughs> example of... Tony Khan's experimental approach to booking. I mean, the <laughs> experimental approach is, you know, it's not really... Anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, he never got a shot on the main roster, I don't think. I mean, I don't, he was doing okay, I guess, in the tag team with um, Rockstar Spud, wasn't he? Drake Maverick. Mm-hmm. So he was doing all right there. But, I mean, that was more like a comedy team. And I don't know, really. I mean, there seems to be a lot of competition for spots on the main roster. There's a lot of people in NXT who I think I think are doing well. And I think, well, I know are younger than Demo and certainly fresher than him. Not to say that he couldn't be a star on the main roster. But when you think of the competition there in NXT of people who you know WWE likes and you know WWE thinks can be stars and in many cases they they are they are right some of these people will be stars i mean demo seems like more of a risk to me um i don't know really i mean he didn't really set the world on fire in nxt let's be honest and he tried it tried him in a few different gimmicks didn't he a few different characters i mean the biggest thing that he got the, the the biggest kind of stage he had was when he and uh Eric Young were on SmackDown as Sanity, but they weren't really the same Sanity that, it, that they had been in in, in NXT. You know, NXT Sanity were, were a, a pretty well established act, but on SmackDown, they just it just they were never given any time. They were never given any featuring. Um, so yeah, I mean, because I think they 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 were, I'm trying to read up here because they ended up on SmackDown uh, in the Superstar Shakeup in 2018. And then they were there for a few weeks. Um, and then they ended up just being on live events. Um, and then they came back uh, in 2019 briefly. But yeah, that was about it. He, he didn't really get a shot. But I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think now 
there's there's probably so many people who would be ahead of them yeah know, to 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 do anything I, I can't really imagine if uh he's got much of a chance um but then yeah. he's, doing, he's doing the right thing he's out there he's trying to he's, he's trying he's trying to get get himself out there and winning the progress title is a good way to do that yeah i mean i think so i mean it's a it's a good gig for him um and good gig for progress as well which are you know there's this reinvention going on and you know they're trying to move on from the past which i absolutely understand why they're doing that um but yeah i mean when he was there as as a member sat i mean it was just i mean they just gave up on, gave up on him almost immediately didn't they i mean they were doing they did do pretty well in in nxt i guess as sanity but he i mean as an actual singles player you know he then had like he had like i played like a heel character then he formed the like the comedy team with Drake Maverick and the most memorable part of which was their entrance music. Um, but yeah, he's, I don't know, it's its difficult really, yeah, to imagine him receiving another shot. I mean, he's still with Nikki Ash, isn't he? Still with her? Are they still yeah, together? Yeah, as far, as far as I'm aware, they're still, they're still together. So, um, I mean, that could be, you know, that, that, that could be part of it. If that could be, that could be helpful to him, uh, for him to return to the big time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, say you were to bring him in, bring him back to the main roster, what would he do, really? I mean, it's, I mean, it's a crowded market right now, isn't it? Of, of established and you know, young characters and young stars who who could very well just be, you know, transplanted from NXT to WWE tomorrow and probably do well by week three with demo. I think it would require a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. The good news is. If they were to bring him up, probably no one would remember him as a member of Sanity because they were so forgettable and they were given almost no TV time at all. So it would be like he was brand new again. So he does have that in his favour, doesn't he? Yeah, at least at least he has that going for him. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this is the beginning of kind of a, an ascension for him again, or whether whether it's not, whether it's you know the the, the kind of downward spiral for him um, of of kind of you know. Trying and not be able to succeed, but we'll see. Um, I did want to ask you about Sasha Banks because it has uh, come out that Sasha Banks has changed her name on Twitter. She has changed her uh, Twitter handle that used to be Sasha Banks WWE to her real name Mercedes Varnado. Um, do you think this is a clue that she that maybe she's not come back to WWE, or do you think this is even something that should be looked at? <laughs> I mean, I told you it's a slow news week, Finn. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> wow, you know, people are just reading so much into this name change. And I mean, I think I think she's going to return to WWE. I mean, I don't know when, but I think she's going to. And I mean, it just seems to me like, she, I think in some ways, her delaying a return is actually going to increase the interest in her comeback. So I think she's been smart. There's, you know, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch are going to return at some point and she wouldn't want to be overshadowed by them. You know what Sasha's like, you know, she wants to be the center of attention. She wants to be the star of the show. So I think to me, if I was Sasha or Mercedes, I think I'd be plotting my return after Charlotte and Becky Lynch have returned. And they may not come back until, I don't know, maybe later, maybe next month, maybe so maybe in time for Survivor Series, I'm not sure. But they're obviously going to return at some point fairly soon. So I would be timing it later than that. I mean, really, maybe she should just return at Royal Rumble. 
it's not that far off. Yeah, I mean, she's she's the one big surprise in the women's division that they've got if they want to bring her back. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, you know, I, I I don't think the door's closed, and I certainly think I think what's what's actually good for WWE is the the segment you know that you mentioned. I've not seen it yet, but you know the segment with uh, on AEW last night. If it was sort of uh, Saraya coming out and kind of being in charge of the women's division and Tony Storm's the figurehead. I mean, if you're looking at it, you're going, do I really want to go there? Yeah. Or or do I want to... Because the thing is, the main the main stumbling block we talked about before with her was Vince and the fact that his erratic booking, you know, would promise loads of things and they would never happen. But as you know, she can see some change in the main roster. She can see that, you know, Raquel Rodriguez is not is not being... Or Raquel Gonzalez, I can't remember. What, I can never remember what the new name is. It's Raquel... Rodriguez. I got it wrong as well. I actually wrote it down in my notepad <laughs> and I was like, I put Gonzalez. Is she Gonzalez? No, she's Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know Raquel's doing well, yeah. um, and then you know we get we get Io Sky, we get Scott Kai on the main roster now. Bailey's back, so there's I think there's enough stuff there, you know. And I also think it's smart for her because you know a lot of people say, well, Sasha Banks is going to be back, and you know we we were talking about it as well. But if she's smart, she should be watching things play out and go, okay, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch what happens. I'm gonna yeah. make sure that this is not because you know say she was to sign. It come back and sign a new deal, or whatever, and then in six weeks Vince comes back. Well, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, it, I suppose it could. I, I don't think he's going to. Or, come. or you know, is is you know, did, does he? I'm not. Saying, I mean, I know he doesn't. But you know, in her mind, it could be like, well, is he is he secretly behind the scenes still pulling the 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 strings, but without us knowing? So it's smart for her to watch what's going on in TV and WWE and and sort of see uh, whether it's worth her coming back. So, yeah. well, definitely. I mean, the thing is, right now, obviously, Bailey is facing Bianca Extreme Rules. I mean, I think that Bailey's going to win the belt there. I think she should. So, she could come back to do a feud with Bailey, but it feels like damage control and Bianca and others, and possibly Becky Lynch. Maybe Becky Lynch will be next in line for a shot after the Bianca Bailey feud ends. So, I mean, she needs to really time it right. I mean, don't return and get lost. Don't return and be overshadowed by someone else, you know, and have that booking plan worked out in advance with Paula Beck. It's like, okay, I'm going to return a Royal Rumble. I'm going to return at day one. What am I going to do? You know, what's my direction of travel? You know, it's like, am I going to win the title? Am I going to be in a tag team? You know, I think, WWE needs to restore or rather rebuild trust um, with Sasha Banks because that's what basically happened in the end. And that was the catalyst for her leaving, wasn't it? She felt like she she had been lied to, you know, that they hadn't been straight with her and that there'd been too many broken promises. And that's why she quit. So, um, you know, they need to let her know that, yes, we're going to do this with you on this day. And she needs to have confidence that it will happen. So I don't blame her for taking her time. You know, she's probably all right financially. <laughs> she's probably still doing pretty well in merchandise royalties and things of that nature. So I don't think she's any in any rush to return, and nor should she, Kenny. No, she should definitely take her time and figure out what works for her and when she wants to do it. Yeah. Um, now, when I say I'm really pulling for stuff then to talk about, I'm really pulling. So here's my next one. Did you know that today in 1998 was the day that on Raw 
Mr. Socko debuted visiting Vince McMahon in hospital with Mick Foley. And um, it got me thinking... Why would that day be imprinted on my memory? (laughs) September 29th. Should I I know the answer to this? (laughs) I'm just... I mean, I remember the angle. Oh, no, I was, I just, there, there's so little news that, and that I just Googled this day in history in wrestling. Okay. And that was one of the things that came up. But I did, it, there was something I was thinking about the other day that I was thinking about asking you at some point soon. Genuinely, I'm not just saying this to, to make stuff up. But um, I saw someone talking about how, you know, you know, there was that whole thing about should Mick Foley have been added to the, 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 the match at WrestleMania 15 with Rock and Austin. That was the whole, you know, people always chat about that, you know, should he have been added? Should he not? Russo wanted him to be added. Shawn Michaels didn't think he should be, all that jazz. I mean, Foley did all this stuff to his body, including the Hell in a Cell. Yeah. I mean, by by the beginning of 1999, especially after those Rock series of matches, there was just no way that he was in the in the shape and in the condition to, to be in anything main event worthy at WrestleMania. Right, I mean, did you at the time? Did you feel that there was any reason that he should be, or any, you know, sort of loyalty reason that he should be in there, or did you think that it was the right call to kind of, you know, say thanks for your your services and get rock over, Mick, but time to move to the side. Yeah, I mean, to me, WrestleMania 15, the main event, was Austin Rock, and I think adding any other person to it would have diluted its appeal. And it, and even though WrestleMania 15, as we know, was one of the worst WrestleManias ever. That main event was pretty good and there was a lot of interest in it and that show did do very well. There again, at that point in time, WWF could almost do no wrong. Didn't really matter that the WrestleMania 15 was lousy uh, with the exception of the main event. But no, you're right. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the Foley Rock feud, they'd done so many matches in a short period of time. They'd done big gimmick matches I mean, there was like, they did that, uh, was it a ladder match on Raw? Was that the end of the feud? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, the night after St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yes. So we'd had, you know, so it just felt like that, like Foley's or Mankind's involvement in the main event just felt played out by that point. And it would have been one of those booking decisions that was done really, you know, as a as a thank you to a talent rather than for business reasons or for creative purposes it would have been like an act of gratitude rather than an act of common sense so i'm you know i believe that they might made the right decision i mean i know foley was he had a match with paul white didn't he or big show on uh, the undercard of wrestlemania 15 which wasn't very good the match but foley you know he looked like he was in rough shape going into that match and when uh, Big because he took a bump where he was on he was on the on Big Show's back, wasn't he? And then Big Show fell backwards on him. Yes, yes. I mean that looked really nasty. That bump. I mean I don't see how you could have fully could have really protected himself on that one. No. Um, and then like when was it? He underwent knee surgery, didn't he? Was it late spring? I think it was. And then he rushed back for the SummerSlam match, didn't he? That year, you know. To, yeah. So Austin wouldn't have to do the job. oh no that wasn't the reason yes it was that was the reason you know don't talk to me like that Steve Austin Austin does kind of get a bit of a pass not from you but from you know from the general uh, you know populace he gets a pass for you know not not there's certain people he didn't want to put over and Triple H is one of them 
Well, I mean, Austin, you know, he had his Jim Ross there. Jim Ross was his spokesperson privately and, you know, he was his publicist. He was baby-facing Austin to everyone, particularly the wrestling media. Um, so, I mean, people wouldn't think, oh, that Austin, you know, why didn't he put that guy over? I mean, he got past, didn't he, with the um, uh, the DX pay-per-view, December 97, when he refused to put Rock over. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, And that I was just, I mean, that was kind of this story that sort of uh, got lost in the sands of time. And it's just like, right, so Brett at Survivor Series, the previous month, he was a bad person for refusing to put Shawn Michaels over. And by the way, I think Brett should have put Shawn Michaels over. I've talked about this before. But Brett was this big villain for not putting Shawn over and doing the right thing. And the very next month, Austin refused to put The Rock over. But that was all right. He refused to drop the IC title to him. I mean, talk about double standards. Why do you think? Why do you think it is that that Austin, like, why do you think he kind of in in folklore gets a bit of a free pass compared to people? I know people who were worse than him. You know, Triple H was worse than him. Hogan was worse than him in terms of, or were they worse than him? Was it just that he he had so much more on the pro side, the con side? You know, people don't look to it as much. Why does Austin get away with it? Do you think? I don't know. There, there are just some people who do, and um, I mean, I think people liked him more i mean Shawn michaels was somebody who was absolutely blasted in 1997 for his behavior and rightly so mm -hmm. of course he should have been i mean the things he did certainly in that first portion of his career when he became after he became a star um you know just self-serving and not really doing the things to help his opponents that he could have done which at the same time would help himself as well you know what I mean? I mean, if a, if a heel gets over and a heel becomes um, has more heat and has more drawing power, then you as a babyface look more heroic when you defeat that heel. I mean, it's it's not a very difficult concept to understand pro wrestling, is it really? When you think about, it? well, maybe it is for some people. I don't know, but ego just gets in the way, and you know, people just like oh, you know, I don't want to look weak. It's like, well, by looking weak, it makes the heel look stronger. And then when you triumph at the end of the feud, you know, you look even more heroic and more people will pay, theoretically, to watch the damn show, to watch this big climatic match of your feud. I mean, that's just the way the business has always worked. But some people, they allow ego to get in the way of business. I mean, this is, you know, obviously this is not a new thing in pro wrestling. It's happened for, for a very long time. But you're right about Austin. He gets a free pass. He gets a, you know, get out of, you know, bad guy prison you know uh you know get out of jail free card that's what he gets for his behavior and i'm not quite sure why kenny but he does and he shouldn't do and people should i think dispense this criticism equally and fairly you know i mean i know people say well you're biased finley and of course i am but right. i try really hard not to be we're all biased to some extent you we all have our favorites of but course I we do I was no. watching. This is a, a weird thing. I, I I really like watching The Crown on Netflix, and I'm rewatching re it because season five's coming out in November. And I was watching. I'm rewatching the first series, and um and they sort of say to Claire Foy, you know, who's playing the Queen, you know, your job is to be impartial, which is the most unnatural thing in the world to not have an opinion and not have a. So you know, we yeah, we all do have opinions, but I mean, it's even like me, like. Obviously, Hulk Hogan was my favorite wrestler when I was growing up and all that sort of stuff. And 
I'll always have an. I can absolutely, you know, admit to his downfalls and his pitfalls and his the the things that he. I mean, yeah, there's so many failings in Hogan's career and personal life as well, of course. Oh, I mean, personal life is a it's, it's a train wreck. But I mean, you yeah. know, even like sometimes I'll I'll see stuff from like WCW in 1995. And I go, my God. I mean, this this guy headlined a pay per view with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> you know, what I mean, yeah. and it was political huge, power, and it was a huge success against Randy Savage and a guy in his first match. It's wild. It's just wild, and it, and it did monster business. <laughs> he convinced WCW to bring in Kamala and do well, the Dungeon of Doom. Kamala had been a star. I mean, I was never a fan of Kamala. I just found that I just the gimmick to me just. I was just I don't I never liked the gimmick. <laughs> I mean, even back in the eighties, I didn't like it, and um, you know for all sorts of reasons. And obviously, those reasons seem more relevant now than they did back then, when cultural stereotypes and all these other type of things are just the norm in the business. I mean, that was just the way it was back then. I'm not saying it's morally was right. Of course, it wasn't, but it was it was typical, wasn't it, for people to play characters of that ilk. And, um, you know, whether they were Samoans or pretending to be Russians, you know, pretending to be from Uganda when they're actually not from Uganda or pretending to be Japanese when they're actually from Hawaii and all these other characters that used to exist in pro wrestling, which were all about, you know, exploiting the worst type of stereotypes in many cases, weren't they? I mean, it was bloody awful, really, the way wrestling was. But I mean, you know, that was the way it was back then. So, uh, but Kamala had been a star. He had been a star in in Memphis, where the uh, the gimmick was created. I think he did a he had a good run in Mid South as well. He did, he yeah, had... he did Mid South, and then he did the Hogan run in WWF in the eighties. Yeah, and that was a big success, I believe. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, before we went to Cardiff, me and uh, Steve Gunn, we put on SummerSlam '92 because I don't think he'd ever really seen it fully through. You know, he's also seen the big matches. So we're, we're watching it and we get to Undertaker and Kamala. And he just kind of says to me, he goes, is, is Kamala racist? And I thought, I, I just want to follow this, this train of thought through. I mean, why, why would it be racist? And he was like, well, well where is he from? I said, he's from Uganda. He said, is he really from Uganda? I said, no, he's from Mississippi. And he said, well, what's, his, what's his real name? And I was like, James Harris. And he was like, James Harris from Uganda. I was like, yeah, it probably is a bit racist. <laughs> but, you know, but the point is, if you sort of explain the Kamala thing to somebody now, it's there's no real way to sort of say it without kind of an embarrassing giggle. But like, oh, well, that's what it used to be like. You know, you would never... I mean, can you imagine someone today doing that gimmick? It would be... You'd be cancelled in a heartbeat. Yeah. Networks would cancel you. You know, like even like Saba Simba. No chance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it was the Mississippi Mauler, wasn't he, James Harris, before he was repackaged as Kamala. And was it Lawler that repackaged him as that? Yes, it was Memphis, because there was like a famous video, uh, because Memphis was real trailblazing uh, territory, you know, came up with so many concepts that other people ripped off. Uh, But there again, there's nothing wrong with that in pro wrestling, if someone does something and it's a success, then other promotions are going to look at it and say, yeah, we're going to do that as well. I mean, that's the way it works, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, it was introduced in in a in a video um, that was supposedly filmed in a jungle, but I think it was actually Lawler's back garden. 
I mean, I might be making that up, but it was like something like that. Or maybe the Jerry, potato. Maybe Jerry Jarrett's back garden. I can't remember which, but that was the story I was told. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he was like, oh, wow, look at these guys. And then, of course, he arrives and he beats a load of people up and Lola sells for him. And and you had a star that was, that was you know, a, a monster heel and that was seen as a threat. And that's that's the way it was done. I mean, it's the way it's done now, but they don't have as many characters of, uh, of, of, of Kamala's ilk, thankfully. We've moved on from that, mostly. Most companies, yeah. anyway. We have. And I mean, you know, I, I would like to apologise to the listeners today that we've had pretty much nothing to talk about to the point where we delved from it being the anniversary of Mick Foley's uh, <laughs> Mick so, Foley, oh, yeah, yeah. having Socko into Steve Austin and The Rock and maybe Foley being inserted at WrestleMania into Austin not putting people over, into Hogan not putting people over, into Hogan bringing people into WCW to Kamala. If that's not what you listen to this podcast for, I don't know what is. I, mean, I, I thought it was quite a seamless transition from it was good. to the next. I mean, we might, I, I mean, you could say that. You could argue, well, you went off on a tangent there, Finley, again. Oh, no, no, I, no listen, I'm there. absolutely complicit. Don't worry. You went around the houses again, never got to your point, again. <laughs> Look, people people want to hear us just having a laugh and talking about wrestling. I think we've done our job. I yeah. think we've... As far as Mr. Soccer goes, I was not aware that it was the anniversary <laughs> of that. I do remember the angle. And it was, I've got to say, I was entertained by it at first. I mean, mostly it was, I mean, but Foley and Vince, I mean, oh. they were an amazing double act for a while, weren't they? Tremendous together. Yeah, they were They were fantastic. Not, not as good, maybe not as good a double act as us after this. <laughs> well, well, of course not. <laughs> Of course not. Um, but listen, that is all the time we've got for today. Next week, it would be impossible for us to not have more news than this week to go into. So uh, we hope that you've enjoyed us sort of f- flinging together some stuff today. Uh, it's been quite fun to just kind of chat and not really have loads of big news to go through. But hopefully the news will return next week. So, Finn, I look forward to uh, talking to you for the overrun. And, uh, yes. That'd be good. So I want to thank you for all your support, everybody. Subscribe to the magazine and say that it was magazine.com. The new issue is out today, Thursday, the 29th of September. Um, and join us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.